Hi, welcome to Come Follow Me with Bree, episode 93, The Giver. Hello, everyone. I'm so glad you're here. I want to start out by thanking you. For those of you who reviewed this week, I could see it make an actual difference in my numbers. So by you reviewing, by you sharing with your family members, it really does change how many people this podcast is reaching. So you're making a difference. Thank you so, so much. Okay, so let's go on to what we're going to talk about this week. We are going to learn about Solomon, who is the son of King David. And make sure that you read the assignment for the last couple of weeks. I was telling my husband that I was feeling like like I was reading a novel or something. It's just there's so many cool stories and the characters like King David. I felt like he was just the main character of, of the story for a little while and I got attached to him and, and then he was making bad choices and I was like, wow, what are you doing? And it's just, it's all very, very exciting. The one thing I do struggle with when I'm reading, especially this, this, these last few um, weeks of come follow me, there are a lot of names. And as I'm reading, unless I had like a diagram in front of me, I just kind of get lost in the names and I'm like, I don't know who, which name belongs to which side. So it is a little bit of a mind exercise to be able to follow some of these stories, but I promise that it is worth your, your effort and your, and your brain power to try and figure it out because the stories really are so, so, so good. Okay. I want to talk about the part of Solomon's story before the part that we are all probably familiar with. I think we've all heard the story of wise Solomon feigning to be willing to split a baby in two after two women were both claiming that they were its mother. But in our reading this week, we get to learn how Solomon came to be so wise. And that's what we are going to talk about. So let's first go to 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 7. And this is Solomon speaking to the Lord after he has has newly become king. So here he's talking to the Lord. He says, And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad, for who is able to judge this thy so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, because thou hast asked this thing and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast thou asked for riches for thyself, nor hast thou asked for the life of thine enemies, but has asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I will give thee a wise and an understanding heart so that there was none like thee before thee. Neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. As we read farther into Solomon's life, we see him develop into a deeply flawed man. But here, as he's starting out, he is humble like a little child, giving full admission that he does not know how to do the task in front of him. So he humbly asks the Lord for the spiritual gift of understanding and discernment. And this pleases the Lord. And the Lord tells us why it pleases him. It pleases him because he is asking for things that are not for himself. He is not asking for long life. He's not asking for riches or for, for power over his enemies, but he's asking for understanding and judgment. He is asking something that is unselfish. 
something that's unselfish so that he can fulfill the role that he has been called to do, a role that he is clearly overwhelmed by. Sometimes when I think about the roles that I need to fulfill in my life, like Solomon, I feel inadequate for them. And I'm sure that you felt that way too. I have the role of wife, mother, sister, daughter, friend. But President Nelson recently pointed out in his talk to the young single adults, it was just a couple of days ago, that all of those kinds of titles are not our most important ones. The Church News gave a recap of his talk. I couldn't find the exact like transcript transcript of his talk. I don't know if it's too recent and they haven't come out with it yet. So this is a recap from the church news. He said, my purpose tonight is to make sure that your eyes are wide open to the truth, that this life really is the time when you get to decide what kind of life you want to live forever. He said, now is your time to prepare to meet God. Designations, labels, and identifiers can be important and positive but can be of unequal value and also change with the passage of time, he taught. But if any label replaces the most important identifiers, the results can be spiritually suffocating. President Nelson then ranked in order of importance his designations. He says, first, I am a child of God. I am a son of God. And then a son of the covenant. And then a disciple of Jesus Christ and a devoted member of his restored church. Next would come my honored titles as husband and father, then apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Other labels such as medical doctor, surgeon, researcher, professor, lieutenant, captain, PhD, American, and so forth would fall somewhere down the list. With that in mind, he told the young adults that first and foremost, each of them is a child of God. Second, a member of the church. They are a child of the covenant. And third, they are a disciple of Jesus Christ. He said, Tonight I plead with you not to replace these three paramount and unchanging identifiers with any others, because doing so could stymie your progress or pigeonhole you into a stereotype that could potentially thwart your eternal progression. Labeling is universally limiting, he said. Labels divide and restrict the way people think about themselves and about each other. Labels can also lead to judging and animosity, abuse or prejudice, which is all offensive to God. Please do not misunderstand me, he said. I am not saying that other designations and identifiers are not significant. I am simply saying that no identifier should displace, replace, or take priority over these three enduring designations, child of God, child of the covenant, and disciple of Jesus Christ. Isn't that so beautifully clear? We certainly live in a world right now where Satan wants us to take the labels that we've been given on this earth, even the good ones, and put them over, let them overshadow the more important ones. So as we think about those roles and the responsibilities we have as children of God, children of the covenant, and disciples of Jesus Christ, how can we possibly not become stuck in feeling overwhelmed and inadequate for the task. Solomon was given wisdom and discernment. And how did he get it? He asked. He asked the giver, the great giver, the creator of our souls. He who desires to give us everything we need to succeed. There is nothing that he's asked us to do that he is not willing to give us what we need to do what he's asked. There is no role you've been asked to fulfill 
that you cannot do with the help of Jesus Christ. But sometimes he needs us to ask for what we need. That process is becoming like a little child. It's being humble enough to acknowledge that you in yourself do not have everything you need. Despite what the world will tell us, that we have everything we need right inside of us. I think that's one of the problems in the world right now, is we're, we're told that everything we need is right inside of us, when in reality, that is not true. We need to look outside of ourselves and ask the Lord for what we need. So Solomon was given wisdom and discernment. And how did he get it? He asked with a sincere, humble heart, and it pleased the Lord. So the Lord gave him those gifts. Who is Solomon? Solomon ultimately is a son of God. Who are you? You are a son or daughter of God. You have just as much reason and right and importance in the eyes of the Lord as Solomon. And he cares just as much about your role as he did about Solomon's. So why not ask him for the things you need? to help you with the weaknesses that are keeping you from what you are supposed to be doing. What do you need? What spiritual gifts do you need in your life to counter those weaknesses? What could you ask of the Lord that would please him? Let's revisit the well-loved scripture, James chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. If any of ye lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. So do you need wisdom and discernment like Solomon? Or perhaps you need patience and understanding. Or maybe you need Christ-like love and charity. Whatever it is, repent, as always, as we always need to be doing. Then, worthily and humbly ask in faith, And he will make your efforts in those areas whole. He will grant you spiritual gifts. And maybe you don't even know exactly what you need. Probably not. And that's okay. Because he does. Ask him for the ability to fulfill the sacred roles he has given you in a way that will please him. And he will support you. The power that he's willing to give you has been prophesied about. Nephi and John and all the other prophets who saw our last days saw you doing important things that God cares about. 1 Nephi chapter 14, verse 14. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, beheld the power of the Lamb of God, that it descended upon the saints of the church of the Lamb, you, and upon the covenant people of the Lord, who were scattered upon all the face of the earth. And they were armed with righteousness and with the power of God in great glory. That power that Nephi saw is real and in you as you ask in humble faith and remain worthy of that power. There is nothing that can take it from you other than your own agency. Now, it doesn't mean that everything will always go your way because we have the agency of others, which is a thing that we chose and we are grateful for, but it's always in play. But it does mean that the successful utilization of that power will lead you to fulfill your most important roles that God has given you with honor. Moroni watched the entire destruction of his people. It's possible that he could have chosen to view himself as a failure, 
but he didn't. He ended the Book of Mormon with his testimony that the power of God and grace of Christ is sufficient, and that he had done what he'd been asked to do. Moroni chapter 10, 32-36 Yea, come unto Christ, and be perfected in him, and deny yourself of all ungodliness. And if ye shall deny yourselves of all ungodliness, and love God with all your might, mind, and strength, then is his grace sufficient for you, that by his grace ye may be perfect in Christ. And if by the grace of God ye are perfect in Christ, ye can in no wise deny the power of God. And again, if ye by the grace of God are perfect in Christ, and deny not his power, then ye are sanctified in Christ by the grace of God, through the shedding of the blood of Christ, which is in the covenant of the Father unto the remission of your sins, that ye become holy without spot. And now I bid unto all farewell. I soon go to rest in the paradise of God, until my spirit and my body shall again reunite, and I am brought forth triumphant through the air to meet you before the pleasing bar of the great Jehovah, the eternal judge of both quick and dead. Amen. How did Moroni come to the end feeling so confident that he had done what he had been asked to do, even as he watched his people be completely destroyed and not listen to him? It was because he denied not the power of God. He knew that if he denied himself of all ungodliness, if he loved God with all his might, mind, and strength, then his grace was sufficient. Solomon knew at this point in his life as a young king that the Lord had the power to give him the wisdom and the discernment that he lacked. He, as Moroni said, denied not the power of God. He didn't come to the Lord whining. He humbly asked for what he knew the Lord had power to give. He didn't sit there and complain and say, I'm not good enough for this job. Why did you choose me? Etc. Etc. He said, Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. He denied not the power of God to make him sufficient for the role he had been called to fulfill even though he thought he was inadequate. He said, I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. He acknowledged his weakness, but doubted not the Lord. So my challenge for you and for me is to deny not the power of God. Believe him when he says that he has the power to give you all the tools and ability that you need to fulfill your purpose here on the earth. Your weakness is not stronger than his strength. Ask him like Solomon did, the great giver, to give you what you need. And as you do that, deny not the power of God to make you, even you, sufficient for his purposes. And I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.